Chapter Eight of Flower of the Dusk by Myrtle Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Fairy Godmother. As cool and fresh as the June morning of which she seemed a veritable part, Miss Eloise Wynne, immaculately clad in white linen, opened the little gray gate. It was a week later that she had promised to come, but she had not been idle, and considered herself justified for the delay. Miriam opened the door for her and introduced Barbara. Eloise smiled radiantly as she offered a smooth, well-kept hand. "'I know I'm late,' she said, "'but I think you'll forgive me for it a little later on. I want to see all the lingerie, every piece you have to sell.' "'Would you mind coming upstairs?' asked Barbara. "'No, indeed.' The two went up, Barbara slowly leading the way. Miriam remained downstairs to make sure that the blind man did not come in unexpectedly and overhear things which he would be much happier not to know. "'What a lot of it!' Eloise was saying. "'And what a wonderful old chest!' Trembling with excitement, Barbara spread forth her dainty wares. Eloise was watching her narrowly, and, with womanly intuition, saw the dire need and the courageous spirit struggling against it. "'Just a minute, please,' said Barbara. "'I'd better tell you now. My father is blind, and he does not know we are poor, nor that I make these things to sell. He thinks that they are for myself, and that I am very vain. So if he should come home while you are here, please do not spoil our little deceit.' Barbara lifted her luminous blue eyes to Eloise and smiled. It was a brave little smile, without a hint of self-pity, and it went straight to the older woman's heart. "'I'll be careful,' said Eloise. "'I think it's dear of you.' "'Now,' said Barbara, stooping to peer into the corners of the deep chest, "'I think that's all.' She began hurriedly to price everything as she passed it to Eloise, giving the highest price each time. When she had finished, she was amazed at Miss Wynne's face. It was so full of resentment." "'Do you mean to tell me,' asked Eloise, in a queer voice, "'that you are asking that for these?' The blue eyes threatened to overflow, but Barbara straightened herself proudly. "'It is all handwork,' she said, with quiet dignity. "'And the material is the very best. I could not possibly afford to sell it for less.' "'You goose!' laughed Eloise. "'You have misunderstood me. There is not a thing here that is not worth at least a third more than you are asking for it. Give me a pencil and paper and some pins.' Barbara obeyed, wondering what this beautiful visitor would do next. Eloise took up every garment and examined it critically. Then she made a new price tag and pinned it over the old one. She advanced even the plainest garments, at least a third. The more elaborate ones were doubled, and some of the embroidered things were even tripled in price. When she came to the shirtwaist patterns, exquisitely embroidered upon sheerest handkerchief linen, she shamelessly multiplied the price by four and pinned the new tag on. Oh! gasped Barbara. Nobody will ever pay that much for things to wear. Somebody is going to right now, announced Eloise with decision. I'll take this and this and this, she went on rapidly choosing, and these and these and this. I'll take those four for a friend of mine who is going to be married next week. This solves the eternal problem of wedding presents, and all of these for next Santa Claus time. I can use all the handkerchiefs and every pincushion cover and corsage pad you've made. "'Please don't sell anything else until I've heard from some more of my friends to whom I have already written. "'And you're not to offer one of these exquisite things to those unappreciative people at the hotel, "'for I have a letter from a friend who is on the board of directors of the Women's Exchange "'and got a chance for you to sell there. How long have you been doing this?' Seven or eight years,' murmured Barbara. "'Her senses were so confused that the room seemed to be whirling "'and her face was almost as white as the lingerie. "'And those women at the hotel would really buy these things at such ridiculous prices?' "'Not often,' answered Barbara, trying to smile. "'They would not pay so much. Sometimes we had to sell for very little more than the cost of the material.' 
one woman said we ought not to expect so much for things that were not made with a sewing machine but of course aunt miriam had been to the city and she knew that handwork was worth more i wish i'd been there remarked eloise there was a look around her mouth which would have boded no good to anybody if she had when i see what brutes women can be sometimes i am ashamed because i am a woman and returned barbara softly when i see what good angels women can be it makes me proud to be a woman where do you get your material asked eloise quickly barbara named the large department store where aunt miriam bought linen lawn batiste lace patterns and incidentally managed to absorb ideas i see i'm needed in riverdale by the sea observed miss wynne i can arrange for you to buy all you want at the lowest wholesale price would it save anything asked barbara doubtfully would it repeated eloise smilingly just wait and see after i've written about that and had some samples sent to you we'll talk over half a dozen or more complete sets of lingerie for me and some more shirtwaists is there a pen downstairs i want to write a check for you when they went into the living-room barbara's cheeks were burning with excitement and her eyes shone like stars when she took the check which eloise wrote with an accustomed air she could scarcely speak but managed to stammer out thank you you needn't said eloise coolly for i'm only buying what i want at a price i consider very reasonable and fair if you'll get some samples of your work ready i'll send up for them and hurry them on to my friend who is to put them into the women's exchange and please don't sell anything more just now i've just thought of a friend whose daughter is going to be married soon and she may want me to select some things for her you're a fairy godmother said barbara this morning we were poor and discouraged you came in and waved your hand and now we are rich i have heart for anything now you are always rich while you have courage and without it croesus himself would be poor it's not the circumstance remember it's the way you meet it i know said barbara but her eyes filled with tears of gratitude nevertheless ambrose north came in from the street and immediately felt the presence of a stranger in the room who is here he asked this is miss wynne father she is stopping at the hotel and came up to call the old man bowed in courtly fashion over the young woman's hand we are glad to see you said he gently i am blind but i can see with my soul that is the true sight returned eloise her big brown eyes were soft with pity have many of the guests come he inquired i have a friend laughed eloise who says it is wrong to call people guests when they are stopping at a hotel he insists that inmates is a much better word he is not far from right said the old man smiling is he there now no he comes down saturday mornings and stays until monday morning that is all the vacation he allows himself you are fortunate to live here she added kindly i do not know of a more beautiful place nor i to us to me especially it is hallowed by memories we you will stay to luncheon will you not miss wynne eloise glanced quickly at barbara if you only would she said if you really want me said eloise i'd love to she took off her hat a white one trimmed with lilacs and smoothed the waves in her copper-colored hair barbara took her crutches and went out very quietly to help aunt miriam prepare for the guest when the kitchen door was safely closed barbara's joy bubbled into speech oh aunt miriam she cried she's bought nearly everything i had and paid almost double price for it she's already arranged for me to sell at the woman's exchange in the city and she is going to write to some of her friends about the things i have left she's going to arrange for me to get all my material at the lowest wholesale price and she's ordered six complete sets of lingerie for herself she wants some more shirtwaists too oh aunt miriam do you think the world is coming to an end has she paid you 
queried Miriam gravely. Indeed she has. Then it probably is. Miriam was not a woman easily to be affected by joy, but the hard lines of her face softened perceptibly. Show her the quilts, she suggested. Oh, Aunt Miriam, I'd be ashamed to, today, when she's bought so much. She'll be coming up again before long. She said so, and father's asked her to luncheon. Just like him, commented Miriam with a sigh. He always suffered from hospitality. I'll have to go to the store. No, you won't, Auntie. She's not that sort. We'll give her the best we have, with a welcome thrown in. If Eloise thought it strange for one end of the table to be set with solid silver, heavy damask, and fine china, while the other end, where she and the two women of the house sat, was painfully different, she gave no sign of it in look or speech. The humble fare might have been the finest banquet so far as she was concerned. She fitted herself to their ways, and without apparent effort. There was no awkwardness nor feeling of strangeness. She might have been a lifelong friend of the family, instead of a passing acquaintance who had come to buy lingerie. As she ate, she talked. It was not aimless chatter, but the rare gift of conversation. She drew them all out, and made them talk, too. Even Miriam relaxed, and said something more than yes and no. "'What delicious preserves!' said Eloise. "'May I have some more, please? Where do you get them?' "'I make them.' answered miriam the dull red rising in her cheeks she had not been entirely disinterested when she climbed up a chair and took down some of her choicest fruit from the highest shelf of the storeroom do you a look from barbara stopped the unlucky speech do you find it difficult asked eloise instantly mistress of the situation i should so love to make some for myself miriam will be glad to teach you put in ambrose north she likes to do it because she can do it so well the red grew deeper in miriam's lined face for every word of praise from him was food to her hungry soul. She would gladly have laid down her life for him, even though she hated herself for feeling as she did. Afterward, while Miriam was cleaning off the table, Eloise went to the piano without being asked, and sang to them for more than an hour. She chose folk songs and tender melodies, little songs made of tears and laughter, and the simple ballads that never grow old. She had a deep, vibrant contralto voice of splendid range and volume. She sang with rare sympathy, and every word could be clearly understood. "'Don't stop!' pleaded barbara when she paused and ran her fingers lightly over the keys i don't want to impose upon your good nature she returned but i love to sing and we love to have you said north i think barbara we must get a new piano i wouldn't answered eloise before barbara could speak the years improve wine and violins and friendship so why not a piano without waiting for his reply she began to sing with exquisite tenderness sometimes between long shadows on the grass the little truant waves of sunlight pass mine eyes grow dim with tenderness the while thinking i see thee thinking i see thee smile and sometimes in the twilight gloom apart the tall trees whisper whisper heart to heart from my fond lips the eager answers fall thinking i hear thee thinking i hear thee call yes said ambrose north unsteadily as the last chord died away i know you can call and call but nothing ever comes back to you the tears streamed over his blind face as he rose and went out of the room. "'What have I done?' asked Eloise. "'Oh, what have I done?' "'Nothing,' sighed Barbara. "'My mother has been dead for twenty-one years, but my father never forgets. She was only a girl when she died, like me.' "'I'm so sorry. Why didn't you tell me before? So I could have chosen jolly, happy things.' "'That wouldn't keep him from grieving. Nothing can. So don't be troubled about it.' Eloise turned back to the piano and sang two or three rollicking, laughing melodies that set Barbara's one foot to tapping on the floor, but the old man did not come back. "'I never meant to stay so long,' said Eloise, rising and putting on her hat. 
it isn't long returned barbara with evident sincerity i wish you wouldn't go but i must dear if i don't go i can never come again i have lots of letters to write and mail will be waiting for me and i have some studying to do so i must go barbara went to the door with her good-bye fairy godmother she said wistfully good-bye fairy godchild answered eloise carelessly then something in the girl's face impelled her to put a strong arm around barbara and kiss her very tenderly the blue eyes filled with tears thank you for that breathed barbara more than for anything else eloise went away humming to herself but she stopped as soon as she was out of sight of the house that little thing she thought the dear brave little thing a face like an angel and that cross old woman and the beautiful old man who sees with his soul and all that exquisite work and the prices those brutal women paid her for it blind and lame and nothing to be done then another thought made her own eyes very bright but i'm not so sure of that we'll see she wrote many letters that afternoon and all were for barbara the last and longest was to dr conrad begging him to come at the first possible moment and go with her to see a poor broken child who might be made well and strong and beautiful and the letter went on perhaps you could give her father back his eyesight she calls me her fairy godmother and i rely upon you to keep my proud position for me anyway alan dear please come won't you she closed it with a few words which would have made him start for the klondike that night had there been a train and she asked it of him posted it and hopefully awaited results End of chapter 8